Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And one of the things we talk about is if we don't give effort, if we're not recognized for effort at the University of Oklahoma, then I'm a con man and they're a fraud. All right, guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host, Kamiar Marabian, joined by my co-host this evening on this blizzardy night, blizzardy Sunday evening in Oklahoma, Stephen Brown. How's, how's life, man? good i've uh, i've been stuck inside pretty much for like i guess i took a little vacation this week and it led into the snow apocalypse so it's turning into like a week vacation instead of three days it's nice man so well timed well timed have you been out outside at all today are you hanging out at home or what went to, went to on cue about i'd say it's noon it's 7 p.m now when we're recording so it really wasn't terrible um it helped that we were in a pretty big truck but mm-hmm. It, was, it didn't seem to, like it wasn't like an ice thing. It was more like if you run into the curb, you're like going to get stuck. Yeah. Yeah. I snow saw, saw a lot of people, a lot of people slipping around. Like my, I've had to shovel my doorstep a few times already just because snow is starting to stack up um, on the door. So like my dogs are pissed. Uh, they're very unhappy about being being on the outside sometimes <laughs> like because we have other thing we have to go to the bathroom you know they're inside dogs they're spoiled they're spoiled dogs and they they go outside for like two seconds these dogs are 100 going to pee and poop in my house overnight i'm gonna be so angry because <laughs> like you know like you wouldn't want to go that out the bathroom outside like that either but dang man like this is you just like shove a little spot for them right by the door <laughs> you know you know my people, they're not meant for this kind of weather, like at all. I hate the cold. I hate everything I like that cold. comes with the cold. Like I'm about like spring and summer, like especially like I get summer like causes like heat exhaustion and everything else. But like that's the worst that happens is heat exhaustion, and you can like prepare for that to like, go to a like a supermarket and hang out in the frozen section or something. I don't know. For the winter, it's just like hey. Hope you uh, covered your your pipes and hope you you uh, you started you know you uh, what are you dripping them? Hope you dripped them, and even that sometimes won't work and you got exploding pipes. I hate it. But this is like especially bad. Yeah, as far as like Oklahoma winters go. I had a kid in class the other day throw a snowball at my face. That's the worst. That was the beginning of class. He's like, "Hey, um, Rob, come it over stings here. so bad." And I was like, okay, and he hit he hit me in the face with a snowball. I was so angry, but he had also brought he was a little bit little bit late to class. He also brought me uh, some donuts though. So uh, you know, 
you know, I was pretty take cool your free that. shot when you can. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I respect the game. I respect the hustle, but anyways, we get a lot to talk about today. Like we have a lot to talk about, uh, stuff about big cat, you know, looking at all the major coaches at OU We're taking some Twitter questions, looking at this Oklahoma Sooners schedule uh, and talking a little bit of shooty hoops in NCAA football, the game being back. So let's dive on into this. Honestly, the last time we talked, nothing has actually changed, <laughs> right? You got Relique Brown in the fold for 2022, kind of, right. right? He's in the fold for 2022 for now. You know, you can, yeah, you never know with these guys lately. Uh, but anyways, uh, in all the Tennessee, you guys made it. But then you have Big Cat, who's like, very likely to end up at OU, <laughs> but has not at OU. And from what I heard, and you might know more about this than I do, I'm sure you do. Um, is it, it's what's the snag? Is there a snag in paperwork? Is it a clearinghouse issue? <clears throat> like what is what is going on? What's your read on the situation? I don't think they're allowed to say what the snag is. It's it's enrollment, so that would be a HIPAA give, like generalization. Yeah, but uh, as far as like what's a hang up, I don't know if he took like a class that not offered at Oklahoma so they have to find some sort of equivalent or maybe they're just late to get the paperwork in something like that um, but by all accounts everyone's expecting him to end about OU I don't know if it's gonna be by the spring game or not um, you know he could just sit out this semester um, and then re-enroll uh, what in the summer yeah most likely when they figure things out so uh, everyone believes he'll be on the field in 2021 uh, they just don't know when he'll arrive yeah, that seems to be the overwhelming kind of narrative, right? They're like, well, you know, big cat, he, he, he's a big guy. He's got something going on. And do you, I feel like we talked about this last time too. I feel like with Isaiah Thomas coming back, who I think, and this is going to upset maybe some people, I don't think Isaiah Thomas is that great of a player. I do think he's, uh, you might say, a little, a little bit more than just another guy. Uh, I I don't think he's like an above average player or anything. I think he's a pretty average player, but I think he's an average player that is playing that played outside of his mind while being lined up next to Perry and Winfrey and Nick Benito. Is that a fair shake or am I treating um, that unfairly? Is that too much a of a hot unfair. take? It's a little unfair, I think. And not too much. I think he definitely got the benefit of the doubt when, when uh, Ronnie Perkins came back and Perry on Winfrey being there. But um we don't really know if he can be the guy by himself. He's not mm-hmm. He's not the Ronnie Perkins type, but he's definitely a solid player that you'd want on your team. Right. And, you know, just looking at Oklahoma bringing back Jalen Redmond and having – eventually it looks like Big Cat Bryant. I mean, <clears> he's going to have a lot of options at that tackle and end spot. And I'm just curious about where he ends up in the shuffle. I mean, as soon as all the Big Cat <clears> stuff to OU ramped up on, on social media – um, it was pretty clear that OU and Lincoln Riley and Big Cat were probably already in the middle of like making that deal because Isaiah Thomas sends out a tweet and it's like control what you can control and that's it. You know, one of the, you know those cryptic tweets that like you you know what they're talking about. It's like just, just do what you can. You know, um, like uh, like an obstacle disappeared. It's like oh man, yeah, I'm not gonna yeah. be the guy anymore. So I'm very curious to see what that would look like because once Ronnie Perkins got into the lineup that immediately raised the, the floor and the ceiling of that group like tenfold. They right. seemed like they were just like beforehand, they were okay. They were a good defensive line, but they weren't getting a lot of pressure. And then as soon as Ronnie Perkins gets in, they were caving in offensive lines. So I'm very curious to see what Redmond's impact will be in comparison to, you know, Isaiah Thomas being there, LaRon Stokes actually coming back and then a big cat when, if, and when, or he should make it down to Norman. Now, 
this weather as of now is also some straight bullshit dog um <laughs> it's it's like seven eight inches outside right now uh there are a lot of snow drifts and it's not very very fun um but uh have you have you had have you gone outside and experienced it at least? Have you had some fun in it before? Like um, it, it turns into not fun at out. all. Let the, let the dog, dog outside. Out. Yeah, it's a black lab, so it just ran around in the snow. I guess yeah. they're like born for cold weather or something like that. So, but uh, no, I mean when I went to on cue down the street, I put the I took the sweatpants into the boots. Oh, I was like, God, yeah. got to put it in four wheel drive. Cold. Yeah, so it's not as fun as it used to be. Yeah, well. I think that it, I think we would be feeling the same way as children. I feel like the first day when you see the first snow, it's fantastic. But then as the day is on, it gets darker and the snowstorm gets more violent. You're like, okay, maybe we'll just stay inside and eat chili from mom with mom or something like that. But yeah, no, I have three dogs and two of them love the snow. Uh, one of them's a German shepherd Husky mix. So she just, oh, yeah. she just stays out there. She's like, whatever, this is what I like. And then we have a third dog. He's a short-haired dog. He's how? What is he? Uh, a basset border collie mix. So he's like a short-haired athletic dog, uh, and he hates going outside. And I'm sure he's going to be the one that ruins one of the carpets in my room tonight. Um, but yeah, it, it, it feels like as an adult now, the most fun you have in the snow, other than like making a snowman, I guess. If you have kids, I don't have kids is like letting your dogs out in the snow and seeing them go wild in it. So that's yeah. But also like when you're, when you're a kid, like you're kind of conditioned to just go outside and play. That's true. Like as an adult, you're like, man, I want to go to the bar. I want to go do this. Yeah. I want to do something not on the street. I talked about this earlier today. Did you ever have a conversation with your mom growing up or, or not really have a conversation, but like you're in and out during the summertime and they're like, make up your mind, stay <laughs> in or stay outside. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so it's like as kids, man. Oh gosh. But, uh, what are your, so like there are a lot of people have been flocking to the stores. I even thought about going to the store this morning again, even though I'd been a couple times in the last week, um, to help, you know, buy for like basically this next week and a half. Um, what, what are your top three things that you gotta buy, especially for a blizzard? Have to have, are we talking like pre pre winter, like, or like pre storm stuff? I'm talking, are you talking about during the storm because mm. I have to have Chinese food if it's cold and snowy. Let's go with during the storm, but you can you could do either one. Let's do either one. So we'll go we'll go Chinese food, probably like something like China House, nothing fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right. you just get the fried rice, egg drop soup, whatever, you know, general sow's chicken, something like that. That, that always hits the spot. Um, recently, probably probably a little rum and coke, something like that to keep oh, you yeah. warm. Yeah, definitely. I spend the time in uh, third. I have a little bit of that later. Probably tortilla soup. Tortillas. Good You're solid. a big tortilla yeah. soup guy. Yeah. That stuff is insane. <laughs> Why? Why tortilla soup? I don't know. Just it's insane. It's so good. It it's is like good. having an enchilada, but without the tortilla. That's and then fantastic. you just throw like some soup on top, mm-hmm. some broth. Do you ever dip anything in your tortilla soup or no? Sometimes chips, but that would be it. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. You know, I, I went with a couple of different things. I went with Pedialyte because <laughs> there will be other things that I'm doing that require Pedialyte. That goes um, with the rum and Coke. Yeah, that, that you know, I was, I've totally forgot. We have like three bottles of rum. Um, 
and a lot of and a lot of coke you know you have any limes no i don't have any limes you gotta throw a lime in there Uh, um a shovel a shovel is helpful one of my buddies actually bought a snow shovel so like i just have a i just have like a metal ass shovel so like when i'm shoveling off my doorstep i'm just like you hear the scraping sound of concrete in the middle. Oh, I hate that sound. I know, same. And I was like really embarrassed. I was looking up as I was clearing off the porch quickly. Um, but shovels nonetheless are pretty important, especially if you're trying to like, you know, dig your way out of your freaking house. Um, lastly, one of the most important purchases we've ever made in, our, in, in my adult life is an air fryer. Oh, yeah. Stick anything in it. I, I put pizza rolls in it today. I'm I threw a burrito in it before yeah, the podcast. Wonderful, right? Since all you do is just, you know, throw it in there and set a timer for like 10 minutes, not even that long. And it comes out like it's like freshly made out of the oven. Like <clears throat> if you have ever ordered a 12 piece of, of uh, Chick-fil-A nugs and for some reason you weren't feeling it and you had to put them in the refrigerator mm-hmm. instead of putting them in the microwave. If you actually put that entire meal with the fries and the nugs back in the air fryer, it tastes the exact same as if it came out of Chick-fil-A. Mind-boggling. Like the, Do you think the, air fryers are just going to take over the microwave game? They should. They might. Like our microwave is just now obsolete. Or a microwave that has the function of an air fryer. Okay. We'd probably do that. That would work. It'd be like those. throwing vegetables in there too. So it'd it's be not like, like Blu-ray players back in the day that it was a blu-ray player but also a a dvd player but also it had the vhs oh yeah go to any like uh thrift store you can get one for like five bucks (laughs) that's true that's true those Um, things are monsters too those are like 80 pounds they are they are yeah they were holy they were a lot of things (laughs) you know like lots of baggage inside um what are your top three things to do while being snowed in? Because like a lot of people aren't leaving their homes. Uh, so what are you doing? Uh, drink, drink an Xbox. Really? I mean, that's, that's all that you can do at this point. And what's your, what's your go-to drink? Um, if it's beer, I go Pacifico. If it's like a cocktail, like a rum and Coke, maybe, or a Jack and Coke, whatever's available. Uh, but not too fancy. Yeah, some something simple, not, not but too fancy. also to take the. I edge did buy off wine the other day, and it was like five bucks. I was like, "Oh, sh- this stuff is cheap." It is cheap. It is so cheap. It's dangerous, right? We'll see. We'll drink it after this, and I'll give it a review. Um, th- this is what I tend to do, and I think it, a lot of it mirrors you. I was gonna play video games. I don't know what I was gonna play later, but I was gonna play something. Um, you know. Getting out of uh, taking the edge off, whether that's uh, uh, yeah, everything's legal there. Taking the edge off, whatever way, <laughs> whatever way people might take the edge Cocaine, off, heroin, you know, not not I don't, we're not trying to like ruin lives, we're just trying to take the edge off. Oh. Uh, but yeah, that's something that will be d- done in a lot of homes, whether it's drinking or other things. Um, and then I, I wrote down, I don't know why. Um, I Frank, I need to stay active, I guess. So I wrote down do laundry question mark. Cause like if you're trapped no. inside if you're trapped inside the house, like might as well like be productive a tiny bit. No, here's the thing. Our uh our washer and dryer in the garage that's separate from the house in the backyard. Oh, it was cold. So that's it's not gonna happen. 
not going to happen for like a week. Mm-hmm. I like it. That makes sense. That makes sense, though. It's separate? Yeah. They done goofed when they made that. Yeah, it's like a... What is this probably made in like the 50s or 60s? Oh, okay, that makes sense then. I'm like but... uh, on the 23rd area. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. All right. I already know one of these two recipes because you just mentioned it. But what are two recipes or things that you can make at home or uh, during the getting snowed in? So tortilla We're soup. Tortilla soup. Yeah. Second one. Oh, man. With the air fryer, it's got to be fried okra. Really? Fried okra. Yeah, you're, I love you're fried big, okra so much. I think, it's, I think it's wonderful, but I just never have it that often. I've been trying to get sponsored by Swadley's for like three years. Dang. Just should, for the okra. should put the full impress on them. We'll see. I'll start tagging him in everything. You should. You should. Just tag him and uh, hashtag okra. <laughs> right. Um, my two recipes, and I'm going to go with homemade chili with beans because beans belong in chili. How do you feel about that? I'm indifferent. I'll okay. eat chili regardless. That's a, that's a good point. Uh, chili with beans and with, with cornbread. So it's chili and cornbread. I'm not a cornbread guy. You're not a cornbread, not guy. A cornbread guy. Whoa. Uh-uh. That's Tortilla weird. Chips. Yeah. I do not like cornbread. I thought I knew you better than that. I guess not. Some people change. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one I would say is it's it's something called summer stew. I don't know what it is. It's like chicken and all kinds of vegetables and a lot of other things. Um, and um, it's, I don't know. I can't really explain it. It's just really good. My fiance's uh, mom made it and she taught my fiance how to make it. So it's like a stew with like chicken and it's not like chicken noodle soupy. It's more like, I, I don't know. How can I explain this? I don't know, but it's really it's freaking good. It's a stew. It's got potatoes and stuff. I love potatoes. I love chicken. I love onions and other things. So that's really, really nice. Um, do you have any memories of playing football in the snow growing up? Yeah, it was usually around Christmas. Like, uh, like I had like four or five friends that lived on my street up in, in the uh, the wilds of Edmond, Oklahoma, and we would play football on the street um, in the snow. So that's pretty cool. Do you remember it being fun at first and then really shitty halfway through when it was the all hits fun started to hurt? All fun. There was like one hit where I was like, "Oh my god, I might die. I'm gonna die." Nine years old go. <laughs> in the snow. What what is if I said snow game? What is the first OU game that comes to your mind? Snow game? Yeah, just snow game. Oh man, probably that West Virginia game. What was that? Would have been when DD and Mayfield. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, that was it up for the Heisman. Mm-hmm. Or. It wasn't a snow game, but it was just like deathly cold. There was that TCU OU game where Baker was knocked out by Ty Summers. Mm-hmm. And then Trevor and I came in and tried to, to throw the game. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, – because I think that West Virginia game pops up in a lot of people's brains. And I think what a lot of people think of when they see that game is just Dede sprinting down the sideline for a touchdown. Right. I think, I gotta... Didn't they also get on the field and like dance on the uh, yes. West Virginia logo? Yes, they did. It made him angry. Something like that, made him real angry. That was a, that was a really good game. Uh, Jordan Evans came up big. Uh, then like he had a hamstring issue, but got in time just for Bedlam. But I, I think of two other games too. 
I think of that 2000 and I believe, I mean, you could, you could really either do both of them, but I, I think of that 2013 Bedlam game in Stillwater where it was so freezing and there was oh, so yeah, much yeah. snow. And after the game was over, when the Sooners won, uh, they were throwing snowballs and chicken and, and chicken at the players on the field. And uh, I think of the, I think of the other West Virginia game too. I think of Landry Jones in 2012, I think, and uh, Kenny stills in the snow and just slant inside for a touchdown to take the lead with like no time left. That's what I think of too. All wins. Was there another uh, record is in snow games? That'd be pretty good. It sounds pretty. It sounds like it'd be pretty good. But yeah, man, snow games. It's not snow dogs though. With Cuba Gooding Jr., it's not a very good movie. <laughs> Whatever happened to Cuba? I don't know. He because I remember he was in a lot of movies, and then he w- was in that boat trip movie, and then he just in Pearl Harbor. In Pearl yeah. Harbor, and he kind of disappeared. There's got to be something. Maybe it was snow dogs that ruined his career. It would ruin anyone's career. It's possible. The Snow Dogs were the bigger stars anyways. Um, he was good in Jerry Maguire, though. Yeah. He was also, uh, I think he was also in American, uh, what's his name? Gangster. Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah, he was very good. Gosh, I'm going to watch a Cuba Gooding Jr. In my, uh, movie tonight. Um, so anyways... As Sherry Cole continues to steal money from the University of Oklahoma and make more money than Patty Gasso, Patty Gasso's squad, I don't know if you heard this crap. Um, brace yourself. I'm about to drop some serious numbers. She set a, a, a record, an NCAA record, 13 home runs on the way to winning 29 to nothing in this UTEP Invitational in which they swept everybody and won by a lot of points. God. I thought there was a run rule. Was there? Yeah, I thought it was like 10 runs and it's over. Or is that 29 to zero? Good God. That's just embarrassing. That's it, a, like, I didn't know you could do that. In that comes days after Patty Gas was like, basically, this is the best squad I've ever had. <laughs> We've already won two national titles in the last four years. And so it's like, dang, like this is getting serious. Like 29 to nothing. Does Patty Gasso have like the same like dark magic that uh, Nick Saban does? <laughs> Patty Gasso is the Nick Saban of <laughs> softball. I mean, like you that you know that's a selling point that Billy Bo- Bowman's girlfriend it was like the number one recruit for softball, and she's a shortstop at OU, and they're gonna have like they're probably gonna if they get married they're gonna have a kid, and it's gonna be a superhuman that probably goes to Alabama in the future. But uh, like Patty Gasso has to be the most respected softball coach in like the last I don't know a long time, right? She's probably the most respected women's sports coach at some point. Just it's, what she's done with, with Oklahoma's team and her son. Her son, I think, is still on staff. I think, but they just they lose coaches year in year out, and they still have a great product. And that they've never been a team that. They've never been a team that in her long career to OU, actually, uh, they've never been a team that has just been straight up bad or they've or 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 sustained years of just like mediocrity. They've always been like 
what Bob Stoops would say is better than most. And then like, they'll have really, really good years, especially <laughs> within the last, like, you know, five years, six years, you've seen them win several national titles. So like she, and what she's doing is incredible. Then you look over at Lon Kruger and his team, like does his OU teams, they, they do this thing where I call it like a Phoenix, you know, like how Phoenixes rise from the ashes. Lon right, Kruger's right. teams will some years be very good. And then some years they'll just be like really, really dysfunctional and like they'll still get better by the end of the season and be like formidable, but not tournament really worthy. And then, 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 then there's years where they come out of those crappy years and actually have like a pretty good, like well-rounded team that's winning consistently and is not going to win a national title, of course, but should probably make it to a sweet 16 at least. And then you have Bob Stoops who dipped out when he saw Oklahoma had essentially passed him by uh, maybe a couple years too late. I think as that, I think that's fair for up, up and up for debate. I think it's, I think it's a fair thing to say that, uh, you know, Lincoln Riley was there, you know? And so looking at Sherry Cole and what she has done for OU women's basketball, looking at Patty Gasso and what she's done for women's uh, softball and the university, Long Kruger and what his addition is to OU and Bob Stoops from a legacy standpoint. Uh, and I know Patty Gasso is still coaching. So, or so is Sherry Cole. Ooh, well, maybe kind of, <laughs> um, how would you rank these four coaches from a legacy standpoint in like five years? I mean, if you take the, the fans that like the, uh, the exposure out of, cause obviously college football, even if you're, not a great coach, but a good coach. You're going to have a pretty good, pretty good legacy um, just because you have more viewership. But if you're just looking at like um, what they've done, like career wise, Patty Gas was number one mm-hmm. and Bob Soups would be with number the accolades because she has so right. many national titles. Right. And she does it on a regular basis and she doesn't seem to drop off, like you said. But uh, Bob Stoops, obviously, um, you know, National championships aside, he's had a really, really good career in college football. Um, Lon Kruger has a pretty good career as a basketball coach. Not not quite as good as you'd put up there with Bob Stoops and, and uh, Patty Gasso. And then obviously Sherry Cole's not not very good. Yeah. He's like, what, like three tiers below them, below Lon Kruger. Yeah, I, I, I agree. But, you know, I'm going to go Bob Stoops first. I, I think that, you know, like you mentioned, you talk about fans um, with legacy. I mean, Bob Stoops, he brought not just a football team back to prominence. He, uh, he made it cool. I mean, he made the big 12 cool, uh, you know, you know, cause before, before I'm in Oklahoma, the big 12 was just like, they're all right. You know, they weren't a big deal. Um, but he brought this coolness in, in this factor to OU because they were winning big uh, with a lot of really good defense. And so he brought that one national title to OU over basically 18 years. Uh, he played in several, well, he coached in several other national titles, won a ton of big 12 titles um, and then really kind of tailed off the last few years there. Um, and then like had to revive himself um, for like a couple more years after the hiring of Lincoln Riley. And then you can't I'm, forget his XFL career. Oh yeah, I forgot the XFL where they would drink those uh, Bud Light seltzers. That's right. Um, Patty has to be too. I mean, well, if we're looking at like big picture things, at the end of the day, 
you know, do people care as much about softball as they do football? They don't. And so that's why that's the only reason why Patty would be two. Otherwise, she is one, like you said. Right. She has so many all Americans. She has so many national titles. She's won national titles. And I guess it, it, I guess you might say both kind of like eras of her life slash coaching uh, at OU because she won some national titles in the earlier 2000s. And then she did it again 15 years later. That's something that Bob couldn't do. Uh, Bob lived off of his laurels from what he established in the first 10 years of his career to finish out the last seven. And, uh, you know, Bob got close, you know, um, we, he got close in 2015. You know, they had, they had a shot. People forget they were actually beating Clemson at half, but right. of course they were never going to win that national title game. Third's got to be Lon Kruger, uh, sustained success. You know, it's, he's made a final four. He's made several sweet 16s. Sherry Cole. I know she's been in the national title game. Um, both never have won the big one. Um, she, she won several big 12 titles. We'll give her that. Uh, but I think her not being able to step down to OU uh, eventually or OU just, I think it, it, this is like, this seems like an OU problem more than it is a Sherry problem. If OU like actually cared about women's basketball, because I mean, this sustained product of just like straight up mediocrity is just horrible. Well, if they cared about women's basketball, they would fire Sherry Cole. Yeah, well, I, I, that's what I'm saying. It's an OU problem. This is not a okay. Sherry Cole problem. And because Long Kruger, I mean, like, will he give you disappointing years? Yes, he will. But will he also give you sustained success, like going to the conference tournament or not the uh, the the March Madness, the big tournament? Yeah, he'll actually usually get you in to at least a, at least the second round matchup, at least most often. And uh, so that's why I got to put along third, despite Sherry winning those big 12 titles with the Paris twins and all the other early, early the early girls that she had. Cause Sherry's been there a long time. People forget that people forget Sherry still is employed by OU. I think even <laughs> uh, sometimes the uh, Castiglione surprise. So like, oh, Sherry, what are you doing here? Like, didn't we she coach in the nineties? I think it was the late nineties. I think she was, wasn't she the first one there? First- yeah, she was the uh, 1997 was her first season. I was about to say, she was there right before Bob. Wow, man. God. I mean, that's she won a hell five of a career. games that year. It's a hell of a career, but like, you got to know, man. You got to know. But that's an OU thing. That's not a Sherry thing. If they continue to pay me that much money, getting paid more than several national champion Patty Gasso over the last five years, I'd stick around too, even though <laughs> I might have to like reflect morally on what I'm doing. Uh, but if I'm getting that much money, you don't do that. So now uh, I think Courtney Paris is on staff, uh, but I don't, I don't think it's going to do anything unless I don't know, dude, they need, they need, Oh, he needs to reevaluate that stuff, but uh, that's terrible. What are you, what are, so I don't imagine you have, favorite Sherry Cole moments or Lon Kruger moments or Patty Yasso moments, but um, Bob Stoops legacy OU. It's going to be a lot of things. Um, what are your two favorite Bob Stoops moments? Well, one of them's got to be the national championship uh, against Florida state. Um, what was it? His second year as a coach goes in there, wins the whole thing. Um, and kind of solidifies his reputation as big game Bob there. Um, and I guess second, that's a tough one because there's so many games to choose from. Most recently, and we say recent, this was 2014, I think, hmm. uh, would be that that Sugar Bowl win against Alabama. I think that uh, 
that was a team that had a lot of potential, but they just had so many like uh, setbacks with injuries yep. and whatnot. Um, the quarterback situation, of course. And he, he found a way to get that team, um, not just like to the sugar bowl, but also just, you know, just hammer Alabama right in the mouth. And that was a good Alabama team with like Cyrus Jones, uh, Derek Henry, TJ Yeldon, all those guys. I agree. I agree. Definitely. 100%. Um, all right. Since you win those two, I'm going to go with, I believe it was the 2016 Sugar Bowl when he told ESPN to uh, bury the SEC narrative after beating Auburn. Um, when the SEC, when they, you know, they asked Jordan Evans, they said, Hey, you know, how I feel about beating the SEC. And then, you know, Jordan Evans was like, you know, he said something. He's like, Oh, we just practice. And, da, 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 da. and Bob's like, yeah, I want to just go ahead and bury that narrative. And uh, Baker and Samaje start giggling live in their, in their microphones. But that was, that, I thought that was a fun one because it's always been Bob against the SEC, you know? And he was the only coach, like, it really the only coach outspoken against, like, this SEC propaganda that he was, like, big on. So, like, everybody in the Big 12, especially, like, OE fans, like, this is SEC propaganda. You're not actually that great, which uh, was wonderful because OU, like you said, was coming off a Sugar Bowl victory two years prior um, with uh, against Alabama. And then... Oh man, you know, I think winning that you always got to say winning the national title. You always have to say that, you know, winning number seven, Oklahoma's, you know, that they're about, they're built on championships. You know, they, they just got another love that speech. It's fantastic. Young Bob was great. Uh, so since you took that one, I'm going to say favorite Bob soups moment, knowing early on and then later committing to this Lincoln Riley named uh naming him the offensive coordinator and basically having him be his head coach replacement uh, i think that's a pretty big deal that people kind of look over um you know it was a conversation i'm sure that's a conversation that bob has with castiglione they all knew they all knew lincoln riley was going to be the head coach and bob officially then turning it over realizing oklahoma had passed him by and recruiting and other things and that's not what he wanted this, this intense because like it's like Young, young, like coaches. Yeah, and that. to put that in perspective, that was one of his better recruiting classes he was coming off mm -hmm. of. Yeah, and he just handed it away because he had what C.D. Lamb, Calcaterra. Uh, um, oh God, who else was in that 2017? Kenneth Murray was yep. in that one. So it's a lot, and I, I think people just like forget how big of a deal that it is to see that passing of the torch, like because. A lot of young coaches like Bob, they wanted to like own the freaking world. They want they they're they 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 go two days, three days practices sometimes, and they are hell bent on getting that national title. They're hell bent on success, and then but as you see them grow older, you you start to see the processes like kind of dwindle. Like oh, you know we don't need three days, just two days will be fine, and like less of a grind here, less of a detail there, and then you end up what Bob ended up with which is like not nearly the, the, the ship is not nearly as tight as it once was You're not nearly getting out of uh, your players was as once as once you once did. And um, that's, that's something that's going to separate Bob Stoops from people like Nick Saban, you know, uh, because Nick never, ever cuts corners, never, ever uh, lowers his standards. And I think ultimately Bob Stoops will remember for that. He'll remember for the titles <laughs> and he'll remember Lincoln Riley. Yeah, that, that I mean, and for firing himself and not firing his brother. 
That too. That too. But we'll see. We'll see how Mike Stoops' career eventually ends. I want I wonder if it'll be him ending up as a legit DC somewhere. I feel like it will. Not in the Big Twelve. Not in the Big Twelve. Not in the Big Twelve. Well, might be a super conference by then, but Anyways, hey guys, we are going to go to a break for our tw- uh, for our Twitter sponsors. Yeah, for our Twitter sponsors. We're going to have Twitter questions, but we're going to go to break for our sponsors. Um, we have a couple other things talking about new NCAA football game, uh, the, the new 2021 schedule coming out, and we'll check you guys right after the break. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All right, we have Twitter questions. Uh, one of them is actually from you yourself, Stephen. So we'll get to that one. Um, the first one is from our our uh, our guy Jack Shields, the editor at uh, the newly verified, by the way, Crimson and Cream Machine on there Twitter. You go. Um, he says, "Where in the world is Carmen San Diego?" Do you remember that growing up? I remember the song. I don't really watch the show too much. I remember. The show Wait, just like a looking bit. for her the whole time. Yeah, pretty much. And, but it was like learning and stuff like, oh, in this geography here and the climate is this. So like basically <laughs> it was like it's like a learning is like a learning show. You know what I mean? So it just traveled around the world, like using math, basically. and science and stuff and figuring out where she would be. Yeah, this is what a dictatorship is. <laughs> yeah, Carmen Sandiego totally gives me Russian vibes. Not good. <laughs> not good um, look at the picture it's got the yeah the, the russian trench coat yeah see yeah it's in all red too right wonder if it's a russian made show mm-hmm. let's see who who wrote this mm-hmm. vladimir putin it's the producer uh <laughs> steven sark stark of winterfell tweeted at us and said and i thought this was really funny <laughs> He said, how many points is a band worth against the spread in college football? Do you, Cause I thought about this. Like, do you think the atmosphere in the band bumps any sort of difference for a spread when they determine college football? Um, I'm going to say yes. And especially if it's Oklahoma's band, cause they only play one song. Hell eventually yeah. it, you're just going to drill it into your head. and It's going to feel like a needle in the fourth quarter. So yeah, I'll give it like I give it a little bit. I'll give it two points. You know, people like to say the Oklahoma's fight song is the worst because it's repetitive. And it's true. It's very repetitive. But I think people actually don't like the fight song that much just because they hear it so often, especially in the Big 12. Like all the people in the Big 12, they think Oklahoma's fight song is the worst, but only because they hear it so many times because that's the only thing right. they knew how to play. Um but I also I also think the the band I'll say the band is a one point spread, um, dependent upon I don't know, it just dependent upon the game and the atmosphere. If you're going to Death Valley and you're listening to those guys in the in that band, and especially if they get to play Neck, um, the band is like a three point spread. Uh, that, that, <laughs> that's a swing. Like you can't miss that atmosphere, and you can't miss 
that band and not tell me that does not affect the spread a like a pretty wide spring. It may not be as big as three, but I'm saying saying like definitely it's definitely one or two points. Uh, the Death Valley in Baton Rouge, dude. It's a I want that's one that's one of the things I really want to go see a big game at. Uh, it's gonna it would be wild there, but yeah, I, I think it does actually. So, um, Stephen, this one is your question, and uh, I guess I, I if you might want to explain this to Brady on air. Uh, it says he says, "Why doesn't Brady love me anymore?" That's the whole question. So like Brady's not hitting me up anymore. Brady was he does, but. It's like way too late. He's yeah. like, are you coming to Vanessa house? And it's like, what, like eight 39 and I'm leaving work. And I was like, when does it close? And he says it's 10. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to go for 40 minutes. How many hours? Maybe it's how, many, my fault. how many hours do you need in advance to know about these things? I need about three and a half hours. Okay. I think that's a fair, I think that's a fair judgment. Because it closes at 10. So I need to know, um, can I leave work early? Can I get all my stuff done in time? And then can I get there with enough time to really enjoy it? That's fair. That's because like, you don't want to get there with 45 minutes, you know, get down, like see what's up, say, Hey, hey, hey to everybody, get one drink. And then by that time, everybody's starting to scuttle out, you know? Yeah. If it's um, a bar, you know, just let me know whenever. Right. Brewery a little bit different. That's true. Well, the next question. So that one was, I guess, a straight to Brady Trantham, friend of the pod always on the franchise working working hard and hustling he uses mane and tail on that hair it's great it's fantastic <laughs> um this one is from is it do you think the the ron so ron bowels the, the ron yeah the ron the ron is it ron bowels or the ron bowels or the ron bowels so i don't know that's confusing anyways he said should Texags be considered a 4chan group? No, because 4chan, like, they usually get stuff done. Oh, oh God. Like, 4chan, <laughs> like him or hate him, they can usually get stuff done. I just suggested that they were more of a... I, I, I could see how you might you might consider Texags 4chan, but I'm more on the edge that they're, like, they're totally a parlor presence. Like, yeah. it's a deep parlor presence. But it's close. Or if there's like a meetcultfinder.com, something like that. Yeah, that's weird. Um, something also interesting, and from also friends of the pod, Troy and Daryl. I always love podcasting with Troy and Daryl. We, we're going to have to podcast soon again. Uh, those guys are good dudes. But they sent us two questions. Uh, they said, what is one recruit, and I'm going to direct this at you, Steve-O, uh, that needs to commit to help OU land a top five class in Champ U 22? Well, with uh, with a relief round already on board, um, this is a pretty easy one. It's going to be Gabe Dindy, the five-star defensive tackle, defensive end out of Florida, yep. Big uh, Lakeland. Big OU lean at the moment. Um, six foot three, 275. So he can kind of play inside. He can play outside. Um, he's going to be a, a big get, especially when Oklahoma loses Perry on Winfrey to the next, next year. So, um, if Oklahoma can close that out there, their class is looking good. I was going to say this, I was going to say, um, Relique Brown and people would be like, well, he already committed to OU, Kamiar. And I'm saying, well, yes, he committed, but that doesn't mean he's going to sign the letter of intent to OU. So, Let's say Relique Brown, when he signs with OU, 
that will help OU land a top five class because you know OU's and OU and running backs the last few years haven't gone too well. Um, they also asked what position or position group must take the biggest step forward, and I thought it's a really great question. Which one must take the biggest step forward in order for the Sooners to get uh, their eighth national title? For that one, it'd be the offensive line. Uh, it's no question they took a step back. And, they, you know, a little bit of just putting new guys in there and not having the same talent on the field. Um, but Bill Biedenboe has really put together um, a pretty good class in 2020. And then you add Wanya Morris into this. Um, so for them to move up to number eight, they need to be a little bit more stout in the trenches. And it's going to be the offensive line. But you could argue mm. safeties as well, I think, in that conversation. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say... I was going to say the offensive line, uh, of course, they that's that's what's one big group because Oklahoma has all the skill skill positions on offense pretty well covered. Uh, you look at the defense, defensive line looks the best it has looked in a long time. You have linebackers now, you have depth. Caleb Kelly being quality depth is something that's like really significant. <clears throat> With Shane Witter uh, and then Aguebu, who's, the, who's there, and Nick Benito, and God, you got, it's just you so many guys, so many guys. And then you look at the defensive backs and, you know, Buki, who's yet to transfer yet. Uh, and uh, Trey Norwood, Trey Brown. So um, it's, it's got to be, it's got to be the DBs. And to me, it's got to be, it's got to be the cornerbacks. I, I, I like, I like the safeties. I trust the safeties with uh, Harrington and, and DTY. I like but what, what they both will bring. So I think the cornerbacks and nickelback, that kind of down on the front of the field. Those are going to be. Are you counting uh, Pat Fields out in that conversation? Yeah, I am. Uh, I Harry, There's a big reason why people, why Alex Grinch was like very upset that Harrington had issues uh, coming into camp or coming into OU that they knew about actually. Uh, but he got, he got re-injured, I believe. Uh, but yeah, Har- Harrington's a big deal. He's going to start day one. And I think DTY is a much better player than Pat Fields. I like Pat Fields. He's a leader. He's usually where he needs to be. He's not better than DTY and Justin Harrington. You'd agree with that. I could see Pat Fields competing for nickel. Um, I don't know. Maybe you could move Harrington down to nickel because what they want there is someone who's a little bit bigger, a little bit, a little bit more range, almost like the size of a linebacker, but a little basically, bit smaller. basically, they put Buki at nickel for the longest time, and they would be doing the exact opposite of Buki and putting putting something that's massive there. Yeah, but I mean, you know, they put Buki there, so why not move Pat Fields? There? See, I always thought Harrington was a nickel, but when I whenever I'd bring it up, people would be like, "Oh no, he's going to be a safety." So, but I, to me, it would make a lot of sense to put have him at nickel, but I don't know. I think Harrington's better as a safety, and then they would move maybe. What Key about Lawrence. Key Lawrence? Yeah, yeah. Key Lawrence, he's a big dude. I didn't realize how uh, big he was until I saw <laughs> that, that picture. picture of him coming out. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's looks like he that's got what bigger they want nickel. So yeah, definitely. Ooh, I I like that question. That's a great question. I, I think it's <clears> either the defensive backfield, uh, the DBs, or the offensive line. I think it's a great question. This one's from Squirrely T. They said, how is DeMarco, the coach, going to impact the 21 season? Seems like most of the backs improve as the season went on. That's an interesting question because I think this is solely going to be about Kennedy Brooks and whether DeMarco Murray can find another facet to his game other than him just being a solid um, running back. 
So. Yeah, Kennedy Brooks, he's just like he the way he the way he runs <clears throat> reminds me of like a Mack truck. Like not a man, lot of urgency, but he gets there. Yeah, not a lot of urgency. Uh, you can tell when he shifts to different gears. It's not pretty, uh, but it works. And uh, he just kind of glides, man. He's not ever going to be one of these elite, high, uh, quick twitchy uh, athletes like a Mixon or a Travis Etienne or something like that. You know, like just guys that just you can tell run violently. My dog just broke down the door. That's what I, that's what I heard. My dogs <laughs> do that all the time. Um, but uh, yeah, no, like Kennedy Brooks, like he's actually moving pretty fast. But he's just never gonna wow you. Um, yeah, he's not. Uh, I'm trying to think, of, like he's not a Ramondre. He doesn't. No, have he's those not flashy. Moments. Yeah. Like who's a, who's the running back at OU that gave you those vibes? Was it Chris Brown at OU in two thousand eight? Chris Brown be a good good comp. Maybe Abdul Adams. A little bit where you're like, really. Okay. Yeah, somebody's not very flashy, but they can they can get the yards you need. What do you think is better, Kennedy Brooks or Brennan Clay? Kennedy Brooks. Kennedy Brooks is the answer 100% of the time. Um, I'm excited to see Eric Gray. I'm excited to see what he brings. We're number zero. That's an interesting running back. Uh, I like that. You like it, huh? I like the running back with the zero number. Now, I love Woody Washington, and I, I thought it was like really cool to see him more in zero, and also like he was actually making plays. Um, then I found out he... They're asking him, like, oh, why'd you pick zero? And he's like, oh, actually, got picked for me. So I was like, oh, so there's not, like, a cool story behind it. It's just, like, yeah, so you got zero. They gave you the number zero. That works. That's fine. It's fine. I, I think every team had to get the zero out there, though. Yeah. Oh, but, like, a defensive players love to be, like, you want you love to have a linebacker with the number freaking zero. It'd be a freaking be cool. fullback with That'd the number cool. zero. Yeah, like. You got to be a badass to have the number zero. <laughs> that is the rule. Um, I know you haven't watched much basketball, but this one says uh, they're from Thundering Thoughts. Fuse from Loud City uh, says, but for real, who's the best player on OU's men's basketball team? I know you haven't watched much, but do you have an opinion? Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald is always the answer. <laughs> is always the answer. Uh, within the last 10 years, I agree. With no, that isn't uh, Davion Harmon doing pretty well? And see, Hill? all right. So this is, this is an interesting debate. Most would say, most would say Austin Reeves. He almost had a freaking triple double against West Virginia yesterday. Oh, that's right. Um, he's like, he went, he had like 27, eight and nine. He, and he, and he killed it down the stretch, uh, in, in Morgantown where they delivered a victory, but when Austin Reeves was out with COVID protocol stuff, OU won two of the games that he was out, I believe, uh, with Devion Harmon really just taking over these games. They beat Texas. They beat Alabama, who are quality, quality opponents. So, like, my thing is, is Austin Reeves is the one that gets the ball a lot more. If you switched the amount of ball handling percentage between Harmon and Austin Reeves, I don't want, I don't know if you are sure, you know, I don't, I don't know if that doesn't make Davian Hummer look like a better player. Cause he's definitely athletic. If he was five foot, if he was five inches taller, he would be the best player on this team. But since he's like six foot sense. one, if he's like six foot one, six foot two, it's just, he's not seen as, as big of a deal. So I'm going to go with the best player 
is Austin Reeves because they trust him with everything. That's the player you want on your team. That one you can trust. That's going to make the play for you. Um, I agree. But OU basketball. So did you watch the game at all on Saturday? I didn't. Dang, man. I saw some highlights, though. Double overtime game. OU, like, they pissed the game away uh, both times. They were ahead by nine with, like, a minute and a half left, two minutes left. And then, uh, or no, I think it was, like, three minutes left. They were ahead by nine. And West Virginia went on an 11-0 run. And at one point, OU was going to have a chance to take the lead in regulation. And it was just a really, what was that play that they drew up? It just it was a really bad to they they couldn't get they couldn't get the tie in regulation. Then another overtime, I think this is what it was, when they got the ball tied up um with Austin Reeves, like oh the game's tied, Austin Reeves is gonna go down, make a winning basket. No, he travels and craps that on that first overtime. And even even Lon Kruger audibly said, and you could see it, like you could see his mouth mouthing it. He said, God damn it. Like I was like, wow, I've never seen Lon say it. I've never seen Lon say that. And then the third the second overtime, Oklahoma tries almost everything, everything humanly possible to give this game to West Virginia in the last 10 seconds with like loose balls. Uh, batting balls out of bound, goaltending, maybe fouling somebody. Uh, but Austin Reeves came up big, uh, delivered him like a, he had like a behind the back, and then j- run up like kind of like push shot to get the get that one one extra point. So the team is really fun. I know you haven't been watching them. I've been watching them a lot this year because <laughs> I, I had high expectations for them, and like they've exceeded those expectations. And you know, I wonder if. There is no pandemic right now. And with the way this team is winning and how fun they are to watch, I wonder if we would see a full capacity crowd or a most capacity crowd at the LNC as we've seen with years like Trey and Buddy and Blake because they're ranked, they're going to be ranked in the top 10 again this coming week. Um, and I wonder if that would be the thing. And also something that I want to get your opinions on the mow the lawn stuff, the firing long Kruger stuff. Like it's, they have their flare ups, you know, they, there's never really, there's never really like been a certain point where everybody has been like, Oh, lawn needs to go Uh, there, but there have been certain flare ups, especially it's usually when he can't beat Kansas state, which is frustrating, but he did it this year and hopefully does it again. Um, What are your thoughts on the mow the lawn stuff? Because here, here's the deal. Like, do you feel like it's based on the expectations of what one has on OU basketball? And do you feel like that the mow the lawn stuff is because there's like a split in how Oklahoma fans view basketball as it's like it's athletic community. Cause like for football, we all expect them to go compete for not just conference championships, but for national titles often right. basketball though. I feel like, there's like a divide of fans that have watched it for a lot of, for a long time, for not very long or since, you know, uh, the Hall's there's price the devoted year. fan base. There's, there's like, there's like fans that have been watching, but before the Hall's price years. Um, and then, then you like go back to Tisdale and all those guys, like Stacy King. And like, there's this weird, there's not this consensus view. I feel like 
on what OU football should be like year in year <laughs> out, or OU basketball should be year in year out. Is is that fair to like to see that? To say that's that? fair. Um, I think I'm I'm completely fine with Long Kruger. Um, I don't I don't oh, mind oh, the down years. Brady's he's gonna hit you. This is why he doesn't talk to me anymore because of my Long Kruger hot takes. But yep. um, if you just look at the support um, outside the Blake Griffin Center, of course that the basketball team gets from right. the city of Norman. It's not that much. I drove by the it's LNC really the other much. day and it yeah. was horrible. Uh, so if you're not going to, you know, put this program or give them what they need to be that next level, um, you know, move up to where maybe like Texas is, it's not really that big of a deal. Like it's good to have them have those, those years where they're going to make a nice run in the tournament. Um, but those down years, you can kind of survive them. It's not a really, it's not a deal breaker. So when they went from that, uh, the concept for the new arena in Norman and they, yeah. they struck that down, it kind of gives you all you need to know about what they think about the basketball program. Right, right. And I, you know, and I think that's, I think that we all have different views and expectations on right. OU basketball. Because you're not going <clears> to <throat> fire Kruger and, and find someone better, I don't think, that, that wants to be in Norman for, you know, right. six, seven, eight years. Like, we just need to decide as a fan base, I feel like, what our expectations of OU basketball are. Like, are your expectations, like, are your expectations national title occasionally or national title uh never or national title every year or what are your expectations there and then devote money to that uh as 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 university because i mean i feel like we have fans that want ou basketball to compete for final fours regularly i I don't think that is necessarily uh i don't think i don't think it's a problem you've had really good coaches you know you they've been in the national title game they probably should have beat they should probably should have one national title when tubbs took them to it uh, against Kansas and OU had already beat Kansas that year. Uh, Kelvin Sampson, he should have had a national title. Um, they ran into Indiana and they'd already beat, or they didn't beat, beat Indiana that year. Uh, but they just, they couldn't get, they had foul trouble against Indiana and they, uh, they lost the final four and Indiana went to go play Maryland, a Maryland team that OU had beat in Norman by like 15 that year. And so like Oklahoma is probably as, had a chance at and in the buddy healed year they they smoked villanova earlier that year and then they got smoked by villanova at the end just because their shots weren't dropping so oklahoma in their history could probably have three or four national titles because they competed their way is that what you want as an ou fan looking at basketball like is the opportunity to compete at that highest level but four times over basically like 30 40 years um is that acceptable or does it have to be competing for conference championships? Is it just getting to sweet 16? What is, what, what should the consensus fan view be of what expectations should be at OU basketball? I think if you're just realistically, I like a conference championship is, is a good level for the, this program um, until they want to kind of devote the assets they need to take it to the next level. Um, so you know, you can take those three, four, five years where you kind of need to develop a team, a team, a team, and then make a good run. But in the meantime, the, you're going to watch that 
those those players take those bump and bumps and bruises until that one season where they put it all together. And that's just what it's going to be. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I'm like me, myself, I expect a, a good goal for this Oklahoma basketball team and program would, would be, like you said, be in the conference championship. Um, and honestly should regularly be making sweet 16s. And then occasionally you'll get to some elite eights and maybe some final fours. And I, I think Oklahoma is so, is so do- dedicated to its football program for the obvious reasons. This is the Midwest. Um, That's their moneymaker. Yeah, it's their money maker. There's no question about that. Uh, you don't have, and, and because of the Oklahoma City Thunder that are now up, you know, 20 minutes up north, it's taken a lot of basketball dollars from people that would go to LNC and that would go right. to the, maybe that new arena. And now they're going to Chesapeake. And so I think with. Well, I did hear a, a sneaky little rumor that um, the plans, where, where were the plans for the new arena? It was across from that little airport. Yeah, I, I believe, don't remember. Or yeah. just, just north of it. Yeah, somewhere by there. I heard that they were going to maybe try to move it even farther into the OKC tax zone and see if the OKC residents would like to pay into that. That's interesting. I wonder how that would work out. Just a little inside tip there. So I don't think anything's close, but when the Norman taxpayers voted it down, I think that was their next move, and they're kind of putting it together. Interesting. I don't know if I, I still don't know if I would go. Like, I mean, like I go to you game basketball games just because they're cheap now. Like, you know, like right. they're so cheap and you get to see a decent quality game, but yeah, it definitely all that stuff. Um, it's the first time we talked since the Super Bowl. We both took KC. You were wearing a, the honey badger jer- a Jersey. Didn't turn out well for me. Didn't turn out game. well, but we both, on the podcast, we're like hesitant to go against Brady for, and for obvious reasons. Besides the fact that Patrick Mahomes just like had no protection all day. This man was like sideways in the <laughs> air, like levitating like a freaking board and throwing perfect passes. Like coaches tell you when you're a quarterback throwing to the wide receiver, throw it to the face because that's where they need to catch it. Like, like that's exactly where they need to catch it. And it hit these dudes in the face twice, like back to back plays. And it's just like, he has he had he has no help there when they're not helping him out. It's just like wow, but still, like I always hated Tom Brady. And then I started to like somewhat respect him. And then when he went to Tampa Bay, I was like, and then he started winning. I was like, okay, like I think this dude's a goat. Finally, I was like, okay, you know what? Because <laughs> I'm a Steelers fan. So I I hated this dude for so many years. And I went while he was at when he was at uh, New England, because of all the run-ins that that the Steelers would have with them in the playoffs. And um, I was like, I hate this guy. I hate this guy. And then like towards the end of, of it all, I was like, I know like he's going to be, he's a really good quarterback, but I don't know he's the best. But then like once he went to Tampa and then it's like, he had Gronk came out of freaking retirement. And then they got Antonio Brown back at like from the loony bin, like to go play. <laughs> and that they put it all together and then he freaking won another Super Bowl. I was like, dang, okay, I, I get it. This dude's cool. Like, I suddenly found myself liking Tom Brady and, like, un- realizing, yeah, I got to watch, like, the greatest quarterback of all time for the next, like, 100 years play uh, since I was a kid. Like, that's that's yeah. wild to me. I think a lot of it has to do with him just getting away from Belichick because I don't think a lot of people like Belichick at all. So I think yeah. a lot of people – kind of just assumed that Tom Brady was just riding off that system. 
And clearly the answer, the, the system was just Tom Brady. Yeah. That's just wild. So, it's so, and it's like, so what, wild. 42. Yes. Good. Like can barely move. So he it, was moving pretty well on that boat. It's, oh my God. He, he wasn't moving very well on his, on his, uh, after he, after he got off the boat. This man, the drunk as man, like, I love that. That's so awesome though. Like, I've we've never seen that happen before. You've never seen what Tom Brady has ever done. It's never been done. It's the incredible. The thing about that was he already had a knee brace on, and I know he's having a procedure done during the off season to get something corrected, like a cleanup or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But the dude wore like a full lineman knee brace. Love it because he he knew he was me just piss ass drunk on a boat. Mm-hmm. Love it. So big news happened. Over the last two weeks, NCAA football is back. EA Sports tweeted it out, and I am like, I can't tell you how how loud I screamed while I was at work. I had to go in the hall and scream that we're gonna have a new NCAA game. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's been what the last one was 2014. 2014. And I still have my old 360 with you know 2014. <laughs> See, I've been trying to find a friend that has it and it just doesn't know the value of it. I was like, hey, can I buy that from you for like 10 bucks? <laughs> like, oh my god, because like they're still selling NCAA 2014 on 360 for like $55. Like it's a new game because it's the only one out there. Let's see what the value is right now. It's wild, but yeah, I mean those games are like the best. And now it's, it's going to be bucks at the moment. It's, it's going to be modernized and like look like Madden now. And then like, I just I don't care about the gameplay. Like I don't care about the gameplay. Like the mechanics are going to be a lot different than the last time we saw this update. And so like people that have never played Madden but have always played NCAA are going to find themselves like. And have having an adjustment period about how gameplay works on the new games, but I want all of the things that we all know that happens in NCAA football <laughs> on the game. I want Bagman. I want because like in a couple of in a couple of these NCAA games, you were allowed to make player promises. You were allowed to like your your school sometimes went on violation. They like they like at the end at the end of a season they'd be like oh your school has an NCAA violation. Like they would knock scholarships off, and I want all that back and more because we know bag men exist. We know flipping recruits exist. We know like like I just want all of it. It needs to be good. It needs it's going to be good. I can't wait for it to come out. Did you play the the earlier ones where you could make your own school pretty much? Yes. Yeah. Could you do that in 14? I can't remember. Yes, you can. Yeah, you can. Okay. I want to make my whole town. That way I can kind of regulate where my bagman money comes from and how I distribute yeah. it. Yeah. So if I need a McDonald's on McDonald's the corner, bags. something like that. Maybe put it maybe put it at a at a uh what what's a place people usually go that isn't like suspicious? Suspicious like to drop off money? No, like you could like get the money in the back door but like where, where would people go to get their money that would be not suspicious casino so yeah casinos would work you know that's because like you know casinos in some states um are owned by different uh, nations just oh yeah yeah not in nevada but 
not Nevada, other states other states you know that are uh that have uh casinos nearby football stadiums or you know go to walmart get a couple couple uh visa gift cards yeah. and just reload them yeah and and uh pay people via xbox live and stuff like that sure there's a lot of things happening here uh but yeah i want all of the stuff i want all of the bad things with college football to come with because like i swear to god if they make this cookie cutter bull crap video game <laughs> that's like oh we're just here to play football and recruit people then i'm count me freaking like halfway out i'd still play the game but not be happy with it but like you need to put in everything that all fans of college football love and like we love besides loving the football game we yeah, love the college drama. football has changed we love the drama side of all of it too and like firing coaches like why can i if i'm a head coach of a, of a football team why cannot fire my offensive coordinator and go search and get a new one like stuff like that and if now also Your school president steps down so your donations go down yeah stuff like that like or and now now you're gonna have the college football playoff in this stuff which i think is pretty interesting but I wish the BCS would come back. I wish the I wish there would be I would and, and tell me if you agree or just super disagree. I wish that there was a playoff committee, but I wish that we brought the BCS back and weighted the playoff committee in the BCS projections like some sort of percentage wise. <laughs> you just have the computer sitting at the table. Yeah. Discussing uh the rankings. Like how three nine thousand. Yeah, but but because you know, like I think that human error occurs all the time. And like, you know, like it's like a multiple choice test, man. Like as soon as you do a multiple choice test, you take it to like a, a place where it has all the right answers fed into it. And you just go like you run it through and it's like, wait one second. And that thing is totally graded and everybody knows where things belong because all right. the data that's already been entered. But then like, maybe there's an essay portion. So a, a human is going to look at your essay and one human might say that's a really good essay. Some might say it's an okay essay. And so like this human error uh, over like what they are thinking at the time, this narratives that might be in their brains for the, for the committee is just straight crap. So I think there needs to be like this 60, 40 percentage dynamic with like the BCS with all these numbers in it. And then the cultural playoff committee can have their, numbers two and just run them together so it just needs to be fair they need to have eight but whatever i rest my case because like some you know what they need in the game what you know what they need in the game right what do they need in the game they need to do podcasts for your for your team so let's say i make a custom player i shit the bed i want to be able to talk shit on myself on my own podcast Mm -hmm. that's true or if i don't fire my brother Yeah, sometimes it's hard. It's hard to fire, brother. Thanksgiving would be really weird. Happy Happy Valentine's Day, to everybody listening. By the way, oh yeah, it is Valentine's it Day. Is Val- it's Valentine's Day. And it super sucks. It's it's yeah, it's not fun. Um, Oklahoma releases schedule for twenty twenty one. Thoughts? I like it. There's there's a couple of little rough patches there, but um, like having Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and then TCU can or no, there's a break between. Oh, K-State, Texas, and TCU might be a, a little interesting one. But um, overall, I think it's a, a it's a schedule. Obviously, the Big 12 schedule doesn't change too much. 
um, since everybody plays everybody, but um, it's looking promising. I think uh, once you get past Iowa State and you look like a, look at that Oklahoma State game, um, everything kind of is in picture at that point as far as what this team can be. I think we both expect them to run through the schedule undefeated um, this next season and then on to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm going to try to – I'm actually going to try to make it to that Tulane game. That might be um, interesting. Yeah, down in New Orleans. See, uh, um, see how that team reacts to that atmosphere. Really excited to see. Because Tulane's see. not a terrible program. They're not, and they have their own field and all the other stuff, and it's actually it's actually pretty cool. I mean, I, I'm excited to go down there and see what, it, see what it looks like. And, of course, people are going to bag over because Texas bagged over. They're like, oh. You know, there's only so many teams not playing FCS opponents, and like they were one of the teams because OU's playing Western Carolina, who they're going to smash. And I think it's fun to see that Nebraska is going to come down to OU just to get beat by 45 points. It'll be fun to see Nebraska back on the field, though. It'll be fun to see those classic colors back on the field. Um, it'll be pretty, pretty special for a lot of people. I bet it'll be on. Hopefully Nebraska's won one of their two games by then, but I bet it'll be on like ABC or ESPN uh, just because of the rivalry. West Virginia at home's good, but West Virginia at home and then in Manhattan, all both before Texas, I don't like that. I think like, specifically Kansas State before Texas. Can you know OU already has issues with Kansas State and their physicality? Right. And you don't want them going to K State, get beaten, getting beaten up, and then going and playing Texas. Yeah, that could that could cause some trouble. But I mean, West Virginia is a pretty physical program as well. So um, if they if they go through that with no issues, I don't think they'll have any issues with K State's physicality. And the week after Texas is TCU, who's like caught Gary Patterson took in so many bodies this offseason. I don't I can't keep track. And I think they're gonna be pretty tight defensively like they usually are. And I think they're gonna be a lot better offensively now that they've got a new offensive coordinator. Uh I'm not completely sold on TCU yet. Really? Yeah. I, I think they're gonna be a they, lot better. They have more talent, but I don't know if they can put it together. Okay. And then Just, I'm not worried about Kansas Tech. Yeah. Baylor. I'm not worried about Baylor. Some people are I don't know. Uh, Iowa State's going to be interesting. With Iowa State at back. home should be very fun. Um, it might be a college game day situation. Who knows? And then Bedlam, uh, Thanksgiving weekend. And then Oklahoma will likely play Iowa State. Or oh, I'm, I'm out on Oklahoma State being a very good team next year. Uh, Iowa State, Texas. Is that it? Iowa State, Texas, OU. Are those the three teams? Uh, Kansas State. Just because of uh, the history, but yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, it should be should be fun, but man, one bye, and it's yeah, that'll be uh, the Baylor game. That'll be interesting to see how they react to that, especially after going through this season with so many weeks between games. Yeah, that's true. Wow, that's crazy. Well. Um, uh, it's snowy, man. And I, uh, I don't anything else to say. What about you? I think I'm good. All right. Well, everybody go ahead and follow us at crimson and cream machine.com. You can follow us on Twitter at CC machine at J Larry shields at came Robbie and CCM. You can also follow Stephen Brown at, at OU updated SB and Alan Kenny at blatant homerism. 
guys run itunes run spotify stitcher and google play please give us a five-star rating because it's it makes me feel special but also because <laughs> it's valentine's day it's valentine's, day, it's valentine's day also that it makes us easier to find when you guys go to search for a podcast like for students football and stuff like that so be safe be warm travel when you only when you have to and we'll check you guys later